Hi, this is Russell. Welcome to A Life in Music, the podcast dedicated to performers who want to be their very best. I've spent my life working in an industry I love, professionally since the age of eight years old. I love what I do, and I'm still as passionate today as I have ever been. This industry is full of ups and downs, but it's still a wonderful industry, and A Life in Music is here to support performers with interviews from creatives to artists, behind-the-scenes insights, tips and tricks, and as much support as I can give to help you become the very best you can be. Now I've something to ask you. There are three ways in which you can help me reach more people. This not only benefits others, but also gives me the opportunity of getting great content to you. The more listeners I have, the more weight this platform has, and this in turn gives me my opportunities of getting even more great interviews and great content to you. Now, firstly, please go to my website at www.alifeinmusic.com and sign up to the newsletter. This means you'll be the first to hear about new content on the site and new podcasts as they become available. There's also some exclusive benefits that come from time to time. Secondly, please review the podcast. This is incredibly important to me. It takes a couple of minutes and if you go onto the website you'll find some very simple instructions. Please leave me a great review. This is the best opportunity for me to get further exposure from iTunes. And thirdly, just spread the word. Tell people about the podcast and the website and get them to have a listen. And finally, thank you so much for listening and thank you for your support. We have listeners from all over the world. This podcast is for you and I do it for no monetary benefit whatsoever. This is my way of sharing my experiences and wisdom from a life in music. And now on to today's show. and welcome to another episode of A Life in Music with me, Russell Scott. Well, on today's show, I thought in light of the UK Choir Festival, which I've recently produced uh, in St Albans and in Manchester, I thought it would be great to interview somebody from inside a choir. A choir member, a random choir member, just somebody that loves to sing and that loves to sing in choirs and really get an insight into the into the world of being a member of a choir and singing with a choir and all the sort of social aspects and musical aspects and aspirations that goes with that. I thought none other than uh, my own choir, Next Stage Choir, would be obviously an easy option for me to choose somebody from there, but I didn't want to talk about Next Stage Choir. I wanted to talk about life inside the choir. So here's today's interview with Charlie Trinder. Good morning, Charlie. Morning, Russell. How are you doing? Pleased to be here. <laughs> well, this is a quite an unusual uh, interview this morning um, because um, normally I'm kind of interviewing big creatives and uh, and artists and um, critics and all sorts of people from from the musical world. But today I wanted to do something a little bit more special and interview somebody that's that's involved in choirs and has sung in choirs for a long time and is passionate about singing in choirs and just really try and get the insight into somebody that, re that, that does it because they love doing it. And you're kind of not sitting up there looking down on everything. You're, you're sort of involved, um, really hands-on. What, what, what made you join a choir uh, at this point in your life? 
Um, there's some history to my singing, which goes back way back when, but I spent a long time as an adult convinced that I couldn't sing. And we hear people say this all the time, I can't sing. And I've got some views on that, but we'll come on to that. I spent a long time convinced I couldn't do it. And I stood alongside my wife at weddings and at Christmas do's, holding a score and not singing a word. And in the end, she got fed up with it. And she said, look, if you want to sing, just go out and do it. Get some lessons. And I saw a chance to get some lessons. And I went along to a course that ran for about six weeks. And I thought, you know, I can, I'm, I'm getting, this is okay. I'm doing all right with this. And I did some more and I did some more. And having been dragged along, kicking and screaming and saying, I don't want to do this, I found I was starting to enjoy it. And I dug back to when I used to do it years ago. I thought, no, actually, this is all right. This is fun. And it got better and it got better. And the lessons turned into a choir. And we went through a long phase of finding how to do this, how to be a choir. What was it about? What motivated us? What excited us about it? And that's been eight years now. And I'll say to anybody who asked me, it's one of the best things I ever did. But getting back to singing, rediscovering was one of the best things ever. Now you say about rediscovering it. So you, mm. you obviously were involved in singing much, much earlier in your life. Now you're, you know, you're, you're, let's say you're middle aged now. We won't go into detail of age. <laughs> but what, you know, did this start as uh, when you were a kid? I mean, did you, did you sing as a kid? I sang as a boy, and I actually sang to a reasonably high standard as a boy. Um, my um, school provided the um, uh, boys' chorus for the Royal Opera. Um, so I sang at Covent Garden three seasons. And I got to the stage where, at that age, you, you don't recognise what you're doing. You're out on this big stage, and it's a fun night out, but it doesn't sort of occur to you that this is actually quite a quite a high-profile thing. Um, and I was soloing for the, the school choir, and the last thing I ever did with them was around about the time my voice was changing, do a big solo, and I threw a note in front of hundreds of people and it haunted me. And I stopped singing and I decided after a while, I can't do it anymore. And I never shifted that. It took me over 30 years to shift that. It actually took my wife over 30 years to shift that, to be fair, wow. of me droning on and saying, well, I can't sing anymore. Well, I think you might find you can. What happened? Why did you throw that note? And what happened? Was it something vocally? It was that? just at the time when my voice was changing. Um, it, was, it was a pressure point on a, on a solo. It was a high note. And it was key to something we were doing. And it went classically wrong. And Why didn't you want to, why didn't you want to jump back straight on the horse? Why was the encouragement not there? I think, I think part, of it, part of it was school. Um, school were very proud of the um, uh, boys' choir that they had. But they didn't have much in the way of a um, uh, senior choir. So there wasn't anything anything there. And I suppose because life was also moving on in a year or two's time, big exams coming. So it went on the back burner. Um, but I always enjoyed music. music. I was passionate about music. And, 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 and there's, there's a, there are a few types of music I can't get something from. But to actually perform, I've tried playing instruments. I, it doesn't seem to come naturally to me. I, I, perhaps I've never properly applied myself. But the voice... Your voice is something else. The voice is something you carry around with you all the time. It's always there, whether you're in the shower, whether you're in the choir, you're driving. You can always practice. So it, it's there. It's it, it's and it's it's much more of a personal expression of you. Um, and that's that's I think it's probably one of the things I'm enjoying most with the choir at the moment is the fact that there is because we're getting good. There's passion coming out in our singing. Um, very briefly, I, I, I saw a huge choir perform the other night, um, 120 strong. And they were singing a piece I've heard them do twice before. And it's a wonderful thing that was commissioned for them. But this time, it was astonishing. 
And the reason it was so good was because they've done it several times, they've recorded it, they know it inside out. They're not bothered about the notes, they're not bothered about the dynamics, they're singing the emotion of the piece. And it was wondrous and it came across to the audience and by the end of it, people were literally in tears. And I think it's the choir that I'm in now, we're getting to that stage. Some of the stuff we do is spine tingling and it really is, and it's, it's a lovely, lovely thing to do. It's a lovely thing to feel. It's also it's a lovely thing to put across to the people that are in that audience and to watch them enjoy that as well. So that's something I'm really looking forward to developing with the choirs as, as we go forward. Now you had this 30 year gap, mm. which is quite a gap. Mm -hmm. um, did you did you do anything in that time? I mean, it, 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 it kind of upsets me in a way that I that, that after after you fell off the horse, yes. um, you didn't get back on it for, for some years. And I, I remember, in fact, I remember at school, and I was about 14. Um, and two things, actually, that, 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 that I feel there's some synergy here. And the first is that I remember I was collecting money for a charity. And I remember walking into a classroom. And my voice was, was, was changing at that point as well. I remember walking into the classroom, taking a big, big breath, ready to say, my spiel about raising money for charity. And I remember going, the whole classroom erupted in laughter and I was mortified. I was so embarrassed. Mm. And I kind of just laughed it off in the end and then said what I needed to and walked out the room. And that, and I, so I, I can understand how that would have had an effect, especially if it was in the public eye and it was a, you know, a big, a big gig and something very important with a lot of people watching. But I, I, I also think that, you know, the voice does go through change and we kind of have to accept that. And we all do make mistakes <clears throat> from, from time to time. Um, but what's upsetting, I suppose, is that that really got to you and it took, and you lost a lot of confidence from doing that. Mm. Clearly you were doing it on a very fine level. Um, you know, adult voice to, 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 to children's voice is very different. It's almost like they're two different products. Mm. Um, but what, was there, was there nothing that sort of encouraged you to, to get back and, and, and you know, get back on that horse? It came at a time, um, my father was a, of a generation that educated themselves. And he was a very literate man, although he had not much in the way of formal education. Um, and he um, was very encouraging of me in doing what I was doing. And he actually, he actually died not so long after that. So that rather took my eye off the ball and then, you know, life took over. Um, the thing there really was, there was a massive gap. And what the surprising thing was, I once found myself singing with the choir of Dunblane Cathedral. I was at a wedding. They came to the reception afterwards on a boat on Lot Lomond. Uh, wine had been taken and um, we all joined in with them. And uh, something clicked in my head. And one of the guys took me aside afterwards and said, you know, you have a fine voice. I thought, no, I know I've had some wine, but... <laughs> I thought that was fun. And for the, chat, the fact that the chapter actually told me to make a point of it, and it just got me thinking slightly. And then when, as I said, when, when my, my wife was, was very keen that I should not stand around with a face like a wet weekend, not singing, and when the opportunity came, come and do it, and actually do it, and actually be, just, just, just open yourself up to it. Don't be afraid of it. It led to a point when, and I won't, you know, this is not some sort of, sort of massive psychological burden that I've carried, but I do remember singing a solo with my choir. For the first time I sang a solo on a microphone in front of quite a lot of people. And I rehearsed it in the morning and it was shocking. And we got into the theater and we were mic'd up and I rehearsed it again. I thought, oh, hang on, no, this is good. I'm getting this, because of course with the feedback. And at the end of it, when we sang it in front of, I think it was 200 and something people there, and I switched the mic off, blended back into the choir. 
and I just felt like I'd laid a ghost. Yeah. I'm okay now. Yeah. Right, I can do this. I can have the confidence to do this. I've also got the confidence to go wrong. Quite happy to sing it wrong, learn from my mistakes. Yeah, I'm happy with that. And I think that's because of the environment that I'm in. And that's very important. It's always been, I mean, you know, I'm, you're in my environment, <laughs> you know, as I said in the introduction. So um, I, I'm, uh, that comes really from my belief that if you're going to make a mistake, make a mistake. You know, mm. we're, we're humans. We, we mm. make mistakes. We're not infallible. We're not, you know, everybody makes mistakes. I've made some classic errors in my time. And you learn from every single <clears> one. And I make them now sometimes. I don't make them as frequent as I used to. But I can remember as I was starting out in my career, you know, um, as a professional singer, I remember, I remember some terrible instances of, of errors, um, which you, you, you know, some noticeable, some not, some where you beat yourself up, where yep. nobody else knows anything. Yep. But in my mind, it was huge. And you start, th- you start questioning things. But actually, what you've got to do is you've just got to say, I can do this. Mm. And just learn from it. And if you make a mistake, you make a mistake. And you get on and you don't mm. make the same one again. Mm. Um, you just got to hope that they're not in succession. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah. nobody, was, nobody was a pattern, yeah, there was a pattern that emerges. <laughs> I, I had some fun with a piece that we're doing at the moment, which is very, some very tricky timings. And um, the chap next to me was, bless him, couldn't get it. He just couldn't get it right. And I kept singing it, not louder, more, more directly and more forcefully. Thinking, it's okay, we'll, we'll, we'll pick this up. And after a week or two of this, he, he had a word at the back. He said, we really need to look at the timings on this. And I thought, yeah, yes, yes, you do. <laughs> yeah, you know where this is going. <laughs> I was as wrong as wrong could be. <laughs> so you just have to have the, you know, fine spot. Yeah, okay, you got me there. Um, and learn from it. And that's the other thing, the great thing about the choir that we're in and other outfits I've sung with is that there are times when you'll, you'll stand there and say, I, I don't know this. I should know this well and I don't. For some reason, I haven't got it. Okay. person next to you probably does. Let them help you. Because after a while, you will have it. And the person on your other side might have it. And you can help them. And that's the glorious thing about singing in a choir. It's the fact that we all work together. And it's the outcome. The choir we saw the other night, 120 strong. Our choir, when it's, it's at maximum strength, you're pushing you know, 60, 70, 80 people. That's what you get when people work together. And they work together well and they work together generously and they give their time and they give their their ability and there's some of the whole is so much greater than some of the individual parts it's one thing i adore about you being part, part of part of a, a large singing outfit when you when you started the courses because as, as i mentioned we spoke about and i mentioned earlier that, that we started the I did a series of courses and then the same people were coming back time and time again. And we said, look, you know, let's, let's put this together as a more permanent fixture and, and create a, create a choir, which is, which is, you know, is what it is now. Which is, and it's doing phenomenally well uh, with thanks to people and encouragement and support of people like yourself. But during those courses, what was it that made you think I, I can do it? What, what were the, the key sort of skills that you picked up where you thought, yeah, I, I, I can do this as an adult now. I think I can, I can do this. We're going a long time back, but it's, I think it's... You have the impression in your head that people say to you, you know, let's go briefly back to the I can't sing notion. It's like somebody saying, I can't drive a car. Have you ever had lessons? No. Well, there we are then. I'd, yes, of course you can sing. You can sing in the shower and you can sing in the car. But I think to, to get the best out of your voice, you have to be taught. 
and I appreciate that that's actually quite a controversial statement in, in sort of choral circles. Not everybody would agree with that. I, I think passionately there is so much in you that can be brought out by a good teacher and can make you better. And you've got to want to get better for a reason. And I think that's probably what I discovered in the lessons. I discovered a reason. I want to do this. I want to do this partly because I want to feel what I felt decades ago. And also because, as I said, music is a passion of mine. I've tried playing instruments. I'm not very good at it. I carry a natural instrument with me and I can enjoy that. And hopefully other people can enjoy it as well. So I can allow it to be tuned. Yeah. And in going to those lessons and listening to what was coming out of me and coming out of the people around me, I think that's more than anything. It's the fact that it actually kind of, it forced me to do it. It made me do it. Yeah. And on a Tuesday night now when we go out to choir and it's probably wet and it's winter and the sofa's looking terribly attractive, I don't want to go. And I come back and I'm really glad I went. Yeah. Pretty much like that every night. Um, so as I said, let's, let's, let's go back to the lessons. Um, it's simple steps. It's actually being given something simple to sing, to understand what you're doing, to, to, to sort of hear the effect of doing things differently. Perhaps a part of it is training your ear to hear what's good. Um, distresses me sometimes people say getting terribly excited over extraordinarily poor performances. And why, why, why are you screaming? It was awful. Um, yeah. And again, in, in, in the lesson, not to be, not to be scared of it. It'll go a bit wrong. You'll get a gentle steer. It'll go better. Um, it'll get better still. So just, just again, I think it's coming back to allowing yourself. Yeah, just opening up. Let, yeah. Letting yourself open up. Let yourself try. Let yourself fail. Don't be afraid of it. Know that if you fail, the people around you want you to succeed. And I think that's kind of a key to it. Absolutely. Everybody's in it together. It's a team. Yes. Interestingly, I mean, do you do you think it is it is worthwhile people who sing in choirs to get lessons? I mean, will you talk about lessons because you're talking about the courses that went on to become the choir. You're obviously not having lessons now, but to me, I see running a choir as ongoing training. You, you get you're learning all the time. We're all mm -hmm. learning from each other mm -hmm. all the time. Mm -hmm. And some people decide they want some private lessons outside of choir. Some people sing in multiple choirs in different guises. Um, and all, all parts of those things, all those things come together, create the one, the one big product, if you like. Yep. And there are some people that just want to go to choir and just, just sing. They just want to enjoy themselves and have a great time. Because we can talk about that in a minute as to sort of the reasons why people join a choir. But because there are so many, so many benefits, psychologically, physiologically, mm -hmm. medically, there's all sorts of scientific reasons. Um, but do you do you think that having lessons and training is important, or do you think people can literally just say, "Right, I've never sung a note in my life. I can I can keep a tune. I'm just going to go into a choir. I'm going to join a choir and get on with it." How long have you got? <laughs> I, I I think lessons are interesting. Um, I've never had one-on-one -on -one singing lessons. Um, and I learn very slowly, and it's taken me a long, long time to get any, to any kind of halfway decent standard. Um, and also my question is, in, in terms of you one-on-one know, -on -one lessons, I'm not sure, and this is probably just ignorance on my part, I'm not sure how you apply the learnings of that to a choir environment. Fine if you're a soloist, and I've done the occasional solo, not you know, with, with you know, more, you know, sometimes more success than others. Um, but... <sighs> there's a question of sort of how far can you take that level of learning within a choir environment? I've been surprised how much I've seen people learn just by being in choir. 
and walking in and thinking very early days for them, but I'm sure they'll be fine. Two, three, four weeks on, and they're blending beautifully. And it's, it is striking how quickly people pick it up within that environment. I think you have to be willing to be um, guided. You've had the courage to come and open your mouth and push and see what comes out. Open your ears, listen, listen around you and see what else is going on. And the people around you will be willing you to succeed. So actual singing lessons per se, I don't know. I know members of, 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 of our choir do, um, but then again, they've got sort of goals elsewhere. So I don't know. We do do technical stuff within the choir. I think that's hurt fantastically well. More than anything else, it's simply years of practice. We've been doing this for years now. And we, we're getting good. We're getting quick. We're learning stuff quickly. The technical stuff is comes naturally to us. I, I'm probably surprised myself how easily stuff comes without ever actually sat down and studied that. Why, why do you think people join choirs? Why do people do it? Why do people like to belong to this, this family? Because it is a bit of a family, you know, it's a, there's a big social theme. Why do we do it? I think you just answered your question. It's, a, it's, it's, it's partly, it's a community thing. It, it really is that there's a great... It comes a surprise, but you, know, you, you come along and you might come along because you've seen, you know, something on television or... Um, it is quite a thing to do right now. And, you know, and there are some big organisations out there. But the once you're here and once you're part of it it's it's almost difficult to leave <laughs> they're, they're, they're a lovely group of people. they're such a nice bunch of people um and we have fun together and when it goes pear-shaped we have a laugh with it and we fix it and it is something about family and community and the fact that perhaps you know we don't do things together as a society as much anymore we don't have big um, you know, communal celebrations, which which other cultures tend to do, so it's a, it's an occasion for people to get together and do something like minded to do people to do something and to celebrate and just to just to put some passion into something that they're doing. I can't be doing with lazy music. I love the fact that you know, music has an edge and an excitement, and, and 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 that's something that we. The more people get together and do it together, the better it gets. So that's that doesn't answer your question as to why they. To an extent, it does. I mean, I think as to why people stay. But I think it's the it's the it's looking to do something as a group. And what about in the long term? What is it? How's it? Has it changed you? Has it has it changed your perspective? Has it affected your life in any way? Is it, what has it it's brought music back into my life uh, um, quite a lot. Um, I say I, I was always I was always passionate about it, but it but sort of slightly it's like contradiction in terms, but slightly at arm's length. But now it's opened up an awful lot of music that um, you know was not not on my radar. Um, it certainly increased my confidence. Um, I was never particularly short of confidence, but I think there's now something to back it up. Um, and it's it's made a bunch of terrific friends. Yeah. And it also gives me say it, it just means I can walk into something you know, a, you know a, a musical environment or any kind of collective environment and know how things work. It's 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 been interesting watching the dynamics of a choir and how that works and how the interpersonal, the interpersonal side of things works. And that's, that's, a, that's a great training for a lot of other things as well. Do you, do, you, do you like the challenge of it? Do you like being pushed? I mean, some chorus directors are a little bit pushier than others. I, um, I do... Rest company accepted. <laughs> I do put a lot, of, a lot of pressure on people because I, I want people to, to be the, the very best they can be. Um, 
do you think it do you think it is quite a pressure a pressured environment being in a choir generally i'm not talking about our specific uh it i think it depends on the choir i think there there, there is a, a movement within within choral singing that says that you don't need to train and you don't need pressure and the results from that will be what they want and that's absolutely great and it's entirely valid within their terms i like it to be challenging i really like it to be quite hard because the, if, if it's challenging now it's going to be straightforward soon and I would never say easy, but it's going to become part of your natural repertoire. That frees you up to do harder things and harder things. And in the end, you're doing wonderful things. So you have to be prepared to accept that, you know, yes, this is difficult now, but it will get to be natural. And eventually, once it gets to be natural, as I said about the large choir we saw the other night, you can sing the emotion of a piece. And you move into an entirely new phase of performance. And I think that's, that's for me, is I, lo I love doing it and I love rehearsing it. Um, for me, and I know it's not the case for everyone, but for me, performance is actually the driver. And to walk on stage with confidence and knowing that this is going to be good and people are going to pin their ears back and they're going to be excited about what we do, that doesn't come easily. You have to work for that. So, yeah, it's got to be, it's got to be challenging. Plus, as you say, I am, in inverted commas, middle-aged. Um, I never want to stop learning. I always want to be challenged by what I'm doing. I think the day you stop learning is the day that you start to sort of roll the blinds down. I'm yeah. not ready for that yet. What was it like after 30 years standing on a stage for the first time in front of an audience? Surprisingly easy. And the reason I say that is that, is that I've, I did a fair amount of um, public speaking and what's laughing and referred to as my career. So that side of it didn't concern me. Um, also, I'd done it before, but this was literally decades ago. I'm talking, I said, you know, back in the... God forgive us, probably in the 70s. Um, and I know I'm lucky in that because for a lot of people, they've never stood on stage before. And that's probably going to be a bit daunting. I think the thing to remember, if you've never done it before, is that there are people around you who have. And as we said earlier, they are willing you to succeed. They've done it. You can do it. You're going to be absolutely fine doing it. There's literally nothing to be scared about. The worst comes to the worst. Look at your choral director and sing at him because you've been doing that in rehearsal forever. Yeah. Um, what, um, what's been... Um, in terms of the stages that you've performed on in your lifetime, this could be mm. as an adult or, or as a child, what was the most exhilarating performance that you've done? Uh, I'd obviously go back to Covent Garden because that was, um, in retrospect, um, that was, you know, for a 11 and 12 year old, that was a big thing to be doing. And I, 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 I have fond memories of that time. Nice bunch of people, very encouraging. Show me again just how well people work together as, as a team. Um, I think one thing that we did last year, which pleased me enormously, was to sing at Cadogan Hall. Um, I'm sure you know, a lot of your listeners will know, but if you don't, Cadogan Hall is, is a simply beautiful venue um, in, uh, in central London. And very high-profile venue. They do a lot of proms there. Um, fabulous acoustic. And we sang there as a, as a, as a choir last year. Um, was it earlier this year, in fact? And... It is such a beautiful space. And although we were singing to other choirs, so we had a, a, an informed audience, I thought if we can do that and we can do that confidently, we can do pretty much anything. There's, there's, we're we're going to be absolutely fine. So, What does it feel like standing on a stage performing as part of a choir? Slightly otherworldly. Um, this is just me, and I know different people do this differently, but I feel a bit detached. Um, I want, and this is something I've got to get better at, I need to engage more with the audience um, and to actually sing out to them. 
I think I've still got some, um, just some nerves about doing it. And there is a little bit of bar- a barrier. So if I say to myself, right, I'm just here in this little space. I'm doing what I do and doing hopefully to the best of my ability. That will come across. That isn't good enough yet. And that's something I've got to get better at. Um, I've got to make it good for the people beyond the choral director. And well, always, I think there's always a, uh, a them and us. And yeah. I think that's what makes performing very exciting in a way because you as a group or on your own or whoever you are on that stage are in one place and you've, you're experiencing something very different. Emotions, um, nerves, uh, lighting, everything is different for you on that stage than it is for the audience watching. They're seeing something very different and feeling something very different. Mm. So I think there's always a, a, some differential between the two. But I, you know, I, I, I think nerves are a very good thing. I mean, mm. I've, I've been doing it 35 years or so, standing on some huge stages all over the world. And I still, no matter whether it's the tiniest stage or the largest stage, still get very, very nervous from time to time. Um, and I think it helps me to be better by, by you know, getting the adrenaline going, getting me really focused, you know, concentrating on breathing. How do you, de- how do you deal with nerves walking onto a stage like Cadogan Hall? Two things, two things with that. One is that um, uh, my wife um, used to do a, a lot of amateur, uh, amateur dramatics and, and uh, the way they would deal with nerves there was to tell themselves that nerves are actually excitement. Absolutely. Not a bad thing, it's a good thing. You're excited about what you're about to do. And that has the same effect. It raises the adrenaline, so on and so forth. Um, I do also do that. Um, there is a, a little breathing exercise to do, which, which is to, you know, sort of 10 seconds, out, 10 seconds in, hold, 10, uh, 10 seconds out. Five of those, and you're remarkably focused. And that can take your mind off an awful lot of your worries. little simple thing that I learned, um, again, when I, was, when I was doing public speaking. And you can walk on stage very focused and very calm about what you're about to do. So that works well. Also. Practice. I know I don't want to walk, I never want to walk into a situation thinking I'm not ready for this. Today is obviously the exception to that. Um, I want to, I, I, I want, you know, the more you practice, the better you get, the calmer you can go into it, and the better you can be in delivering your performance. And yes, of course, you need that, those background, slight nerves or excitement just to put a bit, you know, a bit of fire in it. But the more you practice, the more confident you can be, and the more you could, the, the less you have to worry about the notes and the dynamics. The more you can perform the piece. So simple as that. Practice the thing. What do you lo- What do you love about performing on stage? What, what gives you that sort of when you get off of stage? The stage it makes you feel. How does it make you feel when you've when you've delivered that that amazing performance and you come off stage? How do you feel? And what? Why do we do it? Why do we? Stand I there? I really enjoy the reactions of the people around me. I love watching the choir afterwards, particularly when it's never gone badly. Um, I mean, in the early days, sometimes things were a bit hit and miss in a rather joyous and entertaining kind of a way. But the, it's, it's, you walk off, and, and particularly when you have new members and they've not done it before, and they're just wide-eyed and joyful with it. It's a beautiful thing to see. It's absolutely lovely, absolutely lovely. And again, it's just down to the fact that a bunch of people got together, got good at what they're doing and helped each other get good at what they're doing, and that's the payoff. And then you walk off and there's that sort of general buzz of adrenaline and enjoyment, say, yes, it, nobody comes off thinking, I did well. Everyone comes off thinking, we did well. I think that's a powerful feeling. I like that. What are your musical passions? What are you? What other music do you listen to? Um, I'll be honest. I listen to. If I said pretty much anything, I guarantee you'd you name half a dozen things I've never heard of. Um, but if I'm 
if I'm cooking, for instance, it can be literally, if I'm decorating, it will tend to be something like, um, you know, yeah, my wife, my wife was like, I knew you were decorating because I walked in, talking heads were on. Or, you know, some sort of sort of um, beat-driven thing that keeps me just working away. Um, sometimes I will listen to um, early classical. Um, I like a lot of the, um, I was listening to um, uh, English Elizabethan music yesterday. Um, some of the uh, polyphonic music from that period is simply exquisite. It's the most extraordinary stuff. I would love to perform things like that, but I'm not sort of in a place for that right now. But um, then, and through to just about anything, I like an awful lot, you know, a lot of modern performers. The thing, the thing I look for in music is that there's an element of passion to it. There's something, I think somebody, somebody described it as that there's, there's a trace of something sublime about it. Um, I'll, I'll briefly use, um, I mean, you know, an example of... Um, a piece I was listening to yesterday, Salve Regina, I forget the composer, but it was uh, from Elizabethan times. And it, it was meandering. And I, I, it was very nice and some beautiful voices, but I thought, I'm not sure where this is going. And out of the blue, all the parts came together and formed the most extraordinary chord. And there was a thrill ran down my, down my neck and I thought, oh, this is wondrous. This is so beautiful. And, and things like that just, just, just add to just the joy of, the, of, of, of your day. They're, they're lovely things. Other times, very happy. I say we have the most eclectic music collection imaginable. So I'll just dip in and see what fancy what, what takes my fancy. What would you? What, what piece? If you could choose a piece, whether it's um, you know whether it's suitable for your choir you're in at the moment, or in your, in your uh, uh, <laughs> I suppose in your capacity to do it, what piece would you put there and say I would love to sing that? Is there a piece? Yeah, I would like to. It's it, an awful lot of chorus societies do this, and I think a lot of and and and, and I have heard this done. Sat smack in the centre of the choir with forty voices ranged around me. When I say forty voices, you probably know what I'm going to say. It's Speminalium, Thomas uh, Thomas Tallis, Speminalium, and it is written for. I so said forty parts. It's eight choirs. I think it's eight choirs of five voices each, but they move individually, and it's the most astonishing thing. Also, to watch the conductor with a, the score the size of a tablecloth. It's fantastic. To do that and do that well, um, I think would be an utter joy. Now, I would say, no, I can't do that. Big revelation for us was we went along, uh, my wife and I went along to a, a workshop to do um, handle coronation anthems. Again, standard stuff, but we'd never sung them. And we looked at this, frankly, slightly daunting score. And Ross had answered, she had a res revelation. She looked at it and she ignored everything else. And she looked at one line of music. The only thing she had to sing was that one line of music. And that was it. Everything else is somebody else's business. And she did it, and she did it well. And from there on, we've always thought, no, it's fine. This is fine. It doesn't matter how complicated it is. All I've got to do is my bit there and do it right and let everybody else work around me. And that was quite a, a quite an eye-opener. Do you think it's very interesting? It's interesting you, may, you mentioned Spenelium, um, a, a great piece which, I, which, I've, which I've performed, and it is tricky, very, very tricky. <laughs> basically 40 soloists. It's, you know, yeah. you, one apart and mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's tricky stuff but amazing amazing to be part of but isn't it interesting don't you think in in choral environments where you've got four part let's say it's four part it could obviously be six part eight part whatever or 40 part but um the general general is satb um isn't it interesting that each voice part is actually experiencing the same piece of music but in a totally different way i i, I absolutely agree and this is interesting when it comes to choosing rev um, because of, because I'm on a bass, um, my wife's an alto, so we very rarely get the tune. So we will often look at the bass and think, 
really? And 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 the class the classic bass piece is sort of you know twenty four bars of silence and then some ooze. Um, although to be fair, yes, we've 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 had some lovely stuff recently. Um, but then you have to listen to it as a whole. And I, I, I remember, you know, we we were chatting the other day about the um, you know a, a recent recording that we did, and I was muttering that the basses you know couldn't be heard. And I thought, well, actually, you know, I I, I do some of the um, uh, uh, music tracks for the choir, and I can mix and remix them to my heart's content. And no, okay, fine, the basses aren't obvious, but if you take them out, it's obvious they're not there. If you take the altos out, it's very obvious they're not there. And, and they they are an essential part of the whole. So, the fact that you think, well, I can't, I don't know why I'm bothering to learn this because I'm never going to be heard. Yes, you will. You know, well, it, you, think, you, know you if you sing, uh, even if you sang a piece of Bach or Handel or whatever, and you've all got these, got these amazing fugues and things going on. Mm. What's what's interesting, I think, is I, I remember as, as my days in choirs that you know I would I would love a certain piece of music. I could be you know singing a bit more requiem or something, and absolutely love my parts. I've got this great line going on, mm-hmm. and then one of the other voice parts, like oh. God, it's terrible because there's all these just yeah. awful harmonies to do because they are experiencing the same piece of music but their notes are totally different. Mm-hmm. And to some people, it, it, you feel something and to other people, it doesn't work for them. And every single piece is different. So I, you can sing the same piece but have a totally <clears throat> different experience. And, and I think I think it's, a, it's actually kind of important. To, it was, again, it was something of a revelation for me to, to think, well, this is, um, you know, I'm, I'm fond of a better word, I'm not enjoying this. No. But what I'm doing will add to a performance that everyone will enjoy. So that's fair enough. Next time around, my part might be rather more fun. Yeah, so I'm quite happy to, you know, occasionally, you, you, I suppose the bases are sort of seen as the engine room. You know, you, you tend to be sort of holding everything up. But if you weren't there holding everything up, you know, you'd have a lot thinner sound and a, and a sound with a lot less direction. So, you know, what, what you need to do, it might look on the face of it like this isn't the one for me. Um, but you know, without what you're doing, it's not going to work at all, and it will work fantastically well. I am also, I have to say, famously bad at, at, at assessing rep. You say, I'll, I'll look at a piece and think, don't want to do this. And of course, weeks later, that was brilliant, best thing we ever sung. <laughs> I can remember that. I can remember that with, with really uh, operas and, and oratorios, and I remember thinking, oh, this is awful. Dull. <laughs> And then, and then you go and perform it with a big orchestra or something, and you, you're on stage somewhere, and you just think, "Oh, this is really good bits. Mm. <laughs> How did you ever think it was really dull and, and horrible?" No, it's a, it, it is. Um, I think it's. I, I think we said earlier, it's a question of, of of opening yourself up to these things and and and, and being willing to to accept new new experiences, and and also as I said the fact that you've got somebody picks out a you know a, a chorus director picks up a piece of music, and you think. Not for me. Um, they picked it for a reason. You know, there's 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 some there's some sense to what they did, and that has to be taken. You know, if, if there there are choirs that we've looked at because we've we've thought about singing with other choirs simultaneously, and we we occasionally do workshops with other choirs or or we guest with them. Um, but you know, I will look at a choir's rep and think genuinely, hundred percent, not for me. That's not what I'm interested in. What I like about what we're doing is that we have a good mix. It's an awful lot of interesting stuff going on. So that that's you know that that lets us dip into lots of different areas and, and each to their own. I, I prefer that variety. I think I can see other choirs perfectly happy singing a narrow range. Um, you know, that's, that, that wouldn't work for us, but that's absolutely fine. It's equally valid. So, One of the reasons I, one of the reasons I asked to do this interview today, and I'm, I'm extremely grateful for you to spend the time doing it, is because is I, I, do, I do think you're very musically intelligent. Um, I do think 
you know, you you understand. You got the right guy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you under you really get music. You really understand it. There are people that come to me sometimes just just you know they want to sing in a choir. Um, they don't really know why. They just say I, I, I just like to, I like to sing. I, I just I've always wanted to be in a choir. Mm-hmm. And and I think I think to some degree I think provided you can hold a tune, you you can, anyone can join a choir. Do you think it changes people's lives? Do you think they, once they start singing in a choir, that's it, it just changes them and it becomes part of who they are? It obviously doesn't for everyone, and that surprises me. I don't know why it doesn't for everyone, because, um, you know, it's, it's been a big, it's been a massive thing for me, and, and, and you know, both, both Ros and I, have, it's been a, a, a lovely stage in our lives, and it's something we don't see any kind of end to. Um, some people come and don't stay, and I don't know why. And I'd like to know why. You know, I, I think I think that's a shame. We said earlier. I mean, there's physiological benefits, psychological benefits. There's no question whatsoever. It is actually physically a good thing for you to be doing, and it's also. Um, I think again, I, I come back to this notion that people work better when they work together, and people work. You know, so people working collectively within a choir is a good and an encouraging and a supportive thing to do. So there are many, many benefits. Whether you want to be tremendously good or not, it's kind of your call. You know, you've got to be good enough to, to, to hold your own and not bring the rest of us down. But, you know, you don't have to be outstanding. And again, within a choir, you don't necessarily... You know, I remember years ago, so you listening to um, parents of the school choir and they would, they would joyously tell their children, oh, I could hear you. And really? Yes. You, you don't want to exchange that. Explain, that's not a good thing. <laughs> that's, that's that's all again that you weren't supposed to be doing. Exactly. Yes, there's all sorts of bad things about that, but never mind. So I said, it, it's... I, um, sure, if you can hold a tune, come along, enjoy. Um, not everyone wants constant improvement. And that's, again, that's completely, that's their experience, that's totally for them. And I, I don't buy it. There are reasons why they join a choir. I think yes. it's different yeah, groups. Sometimes it's to get their mind off something that's going on in their lives. Sometimes it's a stress reliever. Sometimes it's yes. because they love to sing. Some yep. people want to be part of a social scene and a community. Mm-hmm. Other mm-hmm. people just feel that, I, that that's what I do. I, I like to sing. I want to be part of doing something and performing because I love getting on stage. It's, oh, Oh, totally valid. Yeah, I wouldn't argue with any of those. Yeah. What um, what advice would you give people that perhaps listening today that are not part of a choir have always kind of wanted to try, but don't really have the confidence to do it? Don't find yourself in the old folks' home saying, "I wish I'd done such and such." Don't ever do that. Um, I'm never. There are two things. You say, "Oh, I wish I'd done so and so," but I never did. First of all, ask yourself, do you really want to do it that much? Because if you, re- if you really want to do it, you'll get out and do it. Put that to one side. If you want to do it, just... I've, I haven't got anything more useful to say than simply give it a go. Just try. Also, try one or two. Go and listen to them. If you can, go and listen. Sit in on a rehearsal. Most choirs will let you have a taster or two. And, and try it and see, see how it works for you. Because you know, not every choir is going to be right for you. We, we've dipped into choirs that are... Um, you know, just wouldn't work for us. And I'm, you know, I, I'm sort of thankly surprised they work for anyone, but that's a side issue. Um, <laughs> well, that was, that was, sorry, that was poor. I shouldn't do that. Um, <laughs> but, but, but yeah, but so, yeah, if you, if you, if you think you want to do it, don't be scared of it. Don't think, I think, don't think people are going to judge you because they were all there once. And unless you're extraordinarily lucky, 
you walked in there once not knowing how to sing and now you can and now you can do it with confidence and take pleasure in doing it and the new person walking in the door will one day hopefully be in that position so just remember they all started there you know they all started where you are don't be afraid of it no one is going to say oh you've got a rotten voice no one will do what i've heard teachers do which are to say to children you cannot sing what an awful thing to say what a lifelong burden to carry you cannot sing that's just wrong you might not have the technical skills you might need a little bit of support a little bit of encouragement 99.9 percent .9 of people can sing and if you sat at home thinking, I can't sing, remember me. I, I was 100% sure. I might have sung once, but I can't do it anymore. And I was so wrong. So get out there, give it a go. Don't be afraid of it. Fantastic words. Thank you very much, Charlie. It's been a really fantastic interview. I'm, uh, I'm, as I said, I'm really grateful for your time today and, and sharing these amazing, amazing experiences. Thank you. Absolute pleasure. Well, that's it for today's show. I hope you've enjoyed it as much as I have. Don't forget to check out the website at www.alifeinmusic.com. Subscribe to the podcast and please continue to spread the word. Thank you so much for listening and don't forget, be your very best. <laughs> <laughs>